When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Hello and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, episode 135, Shan Stand Podcast. I serve as your humble and oh so gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and I thank you for tuning in this week. Your baby boy is excited. So welcome all of our first time listeners. Welcome the Purple Pants Posse. What it do? What's up? If you guys have not already, please make sure you subscribe to the Purple Pants Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you get a podcast from. We are there. Hit the subscribe button, write a review, and give your baby boy some five stars. You also can follow along on my YouTube channel, Bryce Isaiah, for exclusive videos, okay, like the one we're talking about today on the podcast. Podcast last week we had the baby boy that is Xander, okay? And the interviews went crazy. The people was like, Zaddy, Zaddy, Zaddy. And I am really excited for the continuation of the Survivor News postseason deep dives. So I had to call up Wendeezy, had to call up the baby boy Jack and say, listen, we got to do another one. And so I'm really excited to have the, in my opinion, the voice a season 41 cuz ain't nobody had more confessionals than this queen the <laughs> queen Chantel Smith is here with us this week and we break down everything from season 41 okay it's a juicy interview and I'm so excited listen cuz listen Shan Okay, she talking that talk. Okay, so listen, any question that we have, she answers. So I'm really excited. So I know y'all like, okay, baby boy, shut up. Let's get to the podcast. Oh, well, listen, I just, you know, I'm just excited. So listen, let's get to the meat and potatoes. The meat and potatoes. It's a man who, it's a man you Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew It's a man who, it's a man you Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew I 
and keeping the menu rolling, your baby boy is smiling ear to ear for like a multitude of reasons. If you are watching on the Bryce Isaiah YouTube, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Give this video a thumbs up and you can see I got my LaMelo jersey on. Okay. I just met LaMelo. But listen, that energy is gone and I am so excited to be back recording the Purple Pants podcast, the Survivor News Edition. Okay. The postseason 41. Okay. Listen, I just, um, whoo, I, I almost, hold on, wait, I, whoo, I feel a praise coming on. Oh, I just, I gotta give honor to the, the utmost above the Lord for being able to grant me this interview. Uh, we've got our baby boys, Jack Atkins from season two of The Circle. We've got my best friend, my ride or die, my LaMelo photographer, Wendell Holland. And Sixers. we are so excited to welcome. Whew, oh, God. Oh. Oh, let me let me do it again. We, okay. <laughs> we are so excited to welcome. Okay, praise and worship. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, welcome. Where the tenors there? Welcome. Well, okay. To listen. Not the Purple Pants Podcast, but the Shan Stan Podcast. We welcome Chantel <laughs> Smith. Hello, Shan, and welcome to the Shan Stan Podcast. I uh, love to hear it. We love to hear it. I'm so happy to be here. You know, I stand you all, most of y'all on this podcast. Oh. <laughs> Not already. Come on. Damn. Already. We can, we can take it. We can take it. No, Listen. no, no. It's For real. <laughs> Listen, how are you, Shan? Listen, it's the wet and wavy for me. Okay, the curls is flowing. The locks said bye, and the wet and wavy came on in. That's right. I'm just trying to keep up with you guys. You know, Wendell with this beard game, and Bryce with his beard game, and the jersey, and Jack. With the beard game. (laughs) (laughs) With the art behind him. (laughs) I'm I'm adopting you, Jack, as a brother, okay? It's all love. We'll take it. We'll take it. Listen, when we met Shan, we met uh, Shan, we met Jack in South Africa. And uh, Jack was so cool. His nickname to us was Black Jack. Uh, Just because, like, you know, that that was his vibe. But, like, how, (laughs) how were the holidays? How was, like, everything towards you? I know with, like, COVID going around, it is a a lot. It kind of like alters us in how we normally do things. Like, how has everything been for you? You know, um, like it's definitely a different world we're living in for sure. Like, um, holidays were like just sadder. I mean, I had COVID, um, and I was quarantined. Um, you know, same didn't get here. to see yeah, like yeah. Tough. You guys all know. So same didn't get to see like a lot of friends, family. Um, I think I had Omicron though because it just kind of felt like a little flu. And yeah, the Omarion, the bump, bump, bump. I had the, the Omarion, right? And um, I'm pretty sure that our uh, our finale party in Chicago was a super spreader event. I'm oh. pretty sure. Um, and then I gave it to a few people, so you know I feel really bad about that. Um, but yeah, like it's all right. I mean, I I don't really love the world that we're in right now in terms of the pandemic, but I'm learning a lot in this season about slowing down. And so, yeah, I just moved back to Canada. So I'll be here. I don't know for how long. Like, my best friend tells me, like, I'm just a rolling stone. I'll probably be moving in the next couple of weeks again. But I'm here for right now. And, you know, we're working on some renos together at the house. And, yeah, that's my life right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're doing well. You look beautiful. 
Like, you know, I, it's so do just, you. So do you, Queen. So do you, Queen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I saw you with Lamella Wall in your story, too. I was like, ooh. ooh Listen. So, quiet as it's kept, I don't know if you know, but I love LaMelo Ball. And, you know, I've been to basketball games before and, you know, I've seen players that I like, but I was with Wendell and we were getting food. And like, you know, when you're in arenas, you can like walk past and you can see into the thing. Baby, I, I just have to give a shout out to Wendell. I appreciate you because we walked by. I saw LaMelo shooting and I don't know what came over me. You dropped your coat on the <laughs> arena floor. You dropped all of your personal belongings and you made me have a whole photo shoot with you. Oh, he was, was shaking. He was sweating. What is it about LaMelo? So one, uh, Wendell's always says that I have a type. That's not true. But the thing that I like about LaMelo Ball the most is that like I used to watch on Facebook when the Ball family had the reality show. What? And I... Like, I fell in love with Zoe. I fell in love with Mello. I fell in love with uh, Jello. I felt like I cried when the mom had the stroke. Like, I just feel like I'm connected to them. But now that Mello didn't grew up, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think he was looking for that. Uh, okay. I'm rooting for you. I, I was like, oh my goodness. When I saw you go down to the court, I was like, Oh my goodness, it's about to happen. Like, he's about to get real close to LaMelo. Once he sees Bryce, he's going to fall in love because we all fall in love when we see Bryce. I mean, so I was really rooting for you. Well, but then they stopped you. But then they, they stopped, stopped me. They, they stopped me dead in my tracks, okay? Yes, but it's good that you are doing well uh, and we're glad to have you here. But like, you know, Wendeezy? Okay, okay. Oh, but about your boy LaMelo Ball, my good friend Dom put money on the Hornets last night. Oh, come on. Not for you, but he put money on the Hornets. He won some money because you were so hype about them. He just told me that on the phone. You could feel the energy from Bryce. I think he could. I think Bring he knew that Melo would know that Bryce was yeah, in the yeah, Bryce was the uh, assistant coach on the bench. <laughs> Bryce, if you were an assistant coach, what, what tips are you giving Melo? Oh, squat. <laughs> Get me out of here. What? Oh. <laughs> okay, Let, let's get into the pod, shall we? Okay. So, so Shan, welcome again to the Shan Stan podcast. We really appreciate you. Thank you for coming. Um, you were definitely a fan favorite this season. So our first question is, how do you feel from like the overwhelming response? Like, okay. 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 You know, it's, it's giving million dollar uh, uh, internet. Okay. Wendell might have won a million dollars. but That's it all the decanter, right? <laughs> okay. Listen, you know, uh, you were a, you were a fan favorite this season, uh, Shan. And we've called this the Shan Stan podcast for quite a while. Like, how do you feel about the response that you've gotten from like playing Survivor? Yeah, I mean, I think it was like, I was definitely very surprised. Um, I was definitely surprised at how much screen time I got. To be completely honest with you, I just wasn't, I wasn't anticipating that experience. I wasn't anticipating getting that much screen time. And I don't mean to sound arrogant in any way. I just, I felt like I was on the screen a lot yeah, of the I time. I think you had the most confessionals of the season, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you, yeah. You would know, right, Jack? I mean, I, I, w- I <laughs> would know, yeah. <laughs> It was a bumpy ride, like watching yourself, I think on national television and being in like the hot seat, which made sense because Uwa went to tribal so much. Um, so it was, there was a lot of love, 
But of course, that 10% hate just sounds so loud, you know? And so like, that was that was difficult. But um, there was a lot of overwhelming love too. So I can't be too upset about it. I kind of felt like towards the end, I was a little bit of a polarizing figure. But other than that, like, yeah, like it was it was good. And uh, honestly, there was so much love and support from the survivor community. And obviously, the Shanzan podcast, like I tuned in. And I listened to all the trash talk from Jack and all the love from Bryce and Wendell. So I'm ready, you know, for Jack's hard questions. I'm Bryce, you know, uh, but it was good. Like being a survivor was a dream come true. Yeah, I love that. And the one thing that uh, where I feel like you and I connected was that uh, I I have an alter ego. His name is Spicy Brycey. And he tends to rear his ugly head a lot. When people come for me, it's like, listen, I got time. And I felt like Shan uh, to the trolls or to the people that was coming for you, baby, them Twitter fingers was a okay. Listen, she was ready. We love a messy queen, right? We love a messy queen. Um, but yeah, like, you know, okay, let me just say, like, in the last, people think that I've been on Instagram and Twitter for like forever, and I really haven't. It's been maybe a year and a half that I've been like on it and taking it seriously. And so I don't like, I learned the hard way, you know, for sure about Twitter and I think Instagram, like just how quickly things move um, in terms of comments and like screenshots and everything. Like people are circling back to me before I knew there was a response. Like I think it was Jessica Lewis. I had said something like, Oh, all white faces on her. Like, Thing, which I still stand by because that was like a trash post of hers. But like, I just was so amazed at how quickly like the screenshots got back to me. And like, I was like, I haven't been on Twitter for the last like maybe 18 hours. And so let me check back in and go see. And so, yeah, I really learned very quickly. Like, okay, everyone sees a tweet. Okay. Everyone sees a post. Everyone sees a thing. So um, yeah, I was definitely messy. And I've learned a lot from that, that, that season of being messy. So maybe not so messy in the future, but maybe, I don't know. In your defense, she did post all white faces and there were a lot of faces at tribal that night. Like I, I was watching like the reactions. And I'm like, man, she could have posted a lot. Yeah. But uh in her defense, Jessica is like she's she's a good friend. So I believe that. I believe that for sure. I just, woman. you know, I'm just very, I'm very Twitter is a crazy space though for sure. I, I'm not on Twitter a whole lot. But I will say as as you know, after effect of being a big presence on the season, obviously you know, when it's airing, you're going to meet a lot of people and have a lot of interactions with fans. Did you have any like crazy good interactions, crazy bad interactions? Like what was that like all of a sudden the season's out and people are coming up and recognizing you? Yeah, that was like super weird because I think there was like I went bowling. I went to Chicago. I went to a few different places and everywhere that I went, I was stopped by somebody. Um, So I didn't realize that like that was an actual like it, didn't, it just didn't occur to me that that'd be an actual thing that would happen. But at supermarkets, like, like put your cameras away, right? Right, taking pictures of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was that was a trip. And like, I think all of my interactions with everyone that I met, everybody was super positive. Like everyone was super loving, like very respectful. Even in the doctor's office, I mean, like it's been insane. Like that, the amount of times that I've been recognized, and like even with wearing a mask. Like I think at the doctor's office, this one guy who came up to me and he was just like, "I would know those eyes from anywhere. I would know your eyes from anywhere." And I'm like how like how like I you know I don't even know but um so that was yeah Jack that was kind of awkward and weird but everybody was so loving and so supporting and like just good people good energy yeah definitely I think the only weird the only weird one was like I was at uh, a children's fair like helping uh my niece and nephew kind of just sell things 
And there was one lady who came up to me and she was like, you're a champ from Survivor. And I was like, yeah, she's like, I was watching on TV last night. I was like, okay, cool. She's like, she's like, good game. She's like, you got a little bossy towards the end. But that was, that was like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I can't be mad at that. So I can't be mad at that because I well, was. So. I feel you. And I feel like with Survivor compared to the circle is like, the circle is like a pop culture thing, but Survivor has like fans. They ride or die for the show. And someone actually had a like same thing, like 99% of interactions good. One time I met this girl. And I was like with Courtney from the show. And she's like, oh, I loved you, Courtney. And then she turns to me. And she's like, mm, I didn't like you. And I was like, Aww. why are you going to tell me that? Just like, just don't Aww. talk to me that. I don't know. I'm but, sorry. But, but you know what? It makes, it makes us stronger, right? Yeah, it's just a, like a funny story, honestly. And there's so many good people to meet, of course. Yeah, and speaking sure. of the circle and Survivor, Shan, how long have you been a fan of Survivor? Yeah, I mean, I've been watching, I want to say, since I was like, 10 or 11 years old. I think that's when Wendell was on this show. I think. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, all right. Okay. Everyone's getting roasted at least. Let's all right. Nobody's safe. All right, Shan. No Say no more. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Say no more. Uh, but the only I got love for Bryce here. I got love for Bryce here. Okay. But, but, um, so like, no, like I think since I was 10 or 11, I was in the foster care system for a while. So uh, that was the only channel we had in our household. And so I just kind of kick it and watch it there. So I've been a fan since I was 11. Um, and yeah, I wasn't even trying to get on the show, just really loved watching it. And it was my mom when she was sick with cancer, she was in the hospital. Um, and she was the one who kind of gave me the nudge to like apply. So yeah, um, it's been a big dream, uh, to just like, like a new recent dream to be a part of it. I only applied in 2020, only once. Um, and I couldn't believe that I got a call back. So I think BIPOC worked in my favor. I don't know. Or maybe it was a good casting, you know, video. I don't know, but it got, I mean, Jesse called. So it was great. Right to the top. Right, we excited. Uh, at the start of the game, we get to see you on the ooh ah, ooh ah, ooh ah, ooh ah, uh, the ooh ah beach. Okay, you're with Brad, JD, Jeannie, uh, Ricard, and Sarah. Like, what were your initial thoughts being on a tribe like that? Because for me, back in Cogion, child, I was like, ooh, child, I'm different. Like, what was it like when you got to ooh ah? Well, <laughs> I love it. I love the singing of my tribe. Um, well, first of all, like a lot of people don't know this, but I was initially supposed to be on yellow. So I found out right before I left um, to come out to Fiji, to go out to Fiji, that they were changing me. So they're like, do you have anything green? And I was like searching through closets, trying to find anything green and headed out there. Um, and so, yeah, we saw during pregame, you know, you're, you're like kind of looking at people and kind of like, like measuring them and like comparing yourself because that's what we do as people. We compare ourselves to other people. We see them, right? But even more so in a game like Survivor, we want to play. And um, so I didn't know who's going to be on my team, but I was like trying to put together my team. And for whatever reason, when I saw Ricardo, I was like, oh, I hope I get to play with him. So then the morning of, we all line up in our buffs, all this stuff. And I'm like looking at my tribe. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. Like I got the really tall guy. I got the pretty white girl. I got the dread kid who honestly, I was just like, I didn't know what my read was JD because when we walk in the circle during quarantine, like, so during quarantine, we got to walk outside for like an hour a day. And he was like such a slow walker. And I'm such a fast walker because I grew up on the East Coast. And I was just like, oh my gosh, he's such a slow walker. He's probably really chill. He's probably like, honestly, I thought he was Jamaican. Like my dad's Jamaican because my dad walks kind of slow. But he wasn't. He was totally different than that. So, you Money. know, we get... Right. Tribal. <laughs> it's too soon. It's too soon. Um, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. But uh, yeah, and then I saw Ricard. And then I was like super excited. So, and then Jeannie. I wanted to play with Jeannie because I just thought she was dope. And so then when we get to our beach, it's like, okay, first of all, I'm the only woman of color on my tribe. Knew that was probably going to be the case. But there's like JD and that's pretty cool. And then Ricard, you know, he and I connected really quickly. And Brad was super cool. Sarah was super cool. Jeannie was super cool. So 
I mean, yeah, I felt like the, you know, it's like the first day of school, you know, trying to put your best foot forward and like get along with everybody. But um, yeah, it was like an, it was an odd mix, but it was, it, it worked clearly for, in my favor, but. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's talk about that odd mix. When you saw how diverse this cast was, what were your initial thoughts? Yeah, so like, I think when I got to the airport, it was the first time I laid eyes on the cast. And I honestly, at first was like, I, had they not, had we not all had tags on our, on our bags with like the letters, I would not have even thought that they were survivor cast. I was like, oh, I was telling all my friends, I was like, I'm probably going to call up the people that I could talk about it. Um, I might have just gotten in trouble there. But I was telling my people that like, I was like, I'm probably going to be like the only person of color and it's going to be like crappy and I'm going to use white guilt to my advantage. <laughs> but luckily it was not the case. There was a lot of diversity, so I didn't have to do that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think it brought me to tears, like seeing everyone on the ship how multi-ethnic we all were. And then of course, getting to hear people's stories, you know, the different diversity in our backgrounds, seeing so much LGBTQIA representation, like I just, it was so warming, so heartwarming to be in an environment where everybody was just, you know, different and beautiful and celebrating that difference and that, you know, there's so much beauty there. Um, so it, it brought a lot of tears to my eyes. And yeah, I, I, I can say that I played the first year where they went to 50% BIPOC, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And did, did you know going into the show, because the, the diversity campaign happened a, a while back, correct? Did, did, did you know going in that it might be a little bit more diverse? And was that something you factored in? Um, you know, I had read the article. I think there was an article that circulated before I headed out there, I think, because I did, I wasn't on the loop of like 50% BIPOC. I had, I read that somewhere and I, then I became more and more aware of it um, as we got closer but um, I didn't necessarily understand like all the footwork behind it yeah. to be, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, I didn't know there was such like almost like an activist kind of component behind survivor to survivor. I didn't know there was like a, a black survivor group. Like these are all things that in the wake of after playing, like, you know, I've discovered, but didn't know um, some of the stories found out a lot of stories, a lot of terrible stories, a lot of positive stories while out there. Um, and during my time at Ponderosa. So um, I think that was to the show's advantage in terms of me being on it. Cause I think had I heard some of the things I might not have gone on the show to be completely honest with you. Cause I wasn't trying to be like another fool, like on like the bachelorette, you know, where some drama pops off about race. And I just wasn't trying to have any of that. Um, so I think it was like, yeah, I heard about BIPOC, but that's all I knew. And I didn't know like the, kind of the push behind it and all the people that have marched and walked so we could run so that I could fly. Like didn't know any of that, you know, um, shout so out to Bryce for that. Yes. Shout out to Bryce and Wendell for that. Jack, what did you do? Damn. I mean, just- <laughs> I, <laughs> get him. You know, I, I support being an ally is important. Shan. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Right, you got you it know. together. You got um, it together. But with that being said, yeah. With, with that being said, let's get into a little bit of the gameplay. Um, right away, you hit the beach, and I'll give you a world of credit here. You you played a dominating pre-merge game where you were calling pretty much every shot. You and Ricard had a great duo. Basically, just ran through the tribe. Um, but you definitely were a shot caller pre-merge, post-merge, 
was that sort of your strategy going in? Is that something you, you would want to do again? Or what, what kind of things would you tweak in that, in that uh, sort of strategy? Oh, such a good question. Like, I think it's, it's really weird. Cause like, so can I give you just a little backstory? Like during pregame, you know, you meet with the producers before the game starts. And I was like really tripping a lot about just kind of like having a mess and like being out there and really worried. Like I really was like, girl, do not be, do not be that clown that gets like medevaced out. Like, don't be the first Canadian that's medevaced because you got, you got a flare up. Like, and I was really worried. And so like the producers come in and it was like my worst day. That happened to be my worst day out there. And I go in front of them, you know, I'm the first one up to do my interview with them. And I cry for 15 minutes straight in front of the producers. I could not get my words together. Joe Leah had to come up, ask me if I want a tissue. Like he just stood beside me, kind of held me. He's like, is it because we're not wearing masks? I couldn't even get words out. So then I just, I just like, I'm just going to leave. And so then I just peaced out. I didn't ask a single question. And then I met the psychologist and I was like, I think I want to go home. Like, I don't know if I can do this. I ended up meeting with Matt and Jeff. And, and I was like, you know, again, very shell-shocked. And they're like, where's the girl we interviewed? Like, where's the girl through casting? And I was like, I don't know. And then Jeff's like, here's the deal. Like, you can cry all you want now. He's like, but when you get on that beach, like, you rip your shirt open. Weird, weird that he said that, but you rip your shirt open and you, know, like, you show that S on your chest and you become like Wonder Woman, basically, right? That's what he was basically saying. And that was a really good word picture for me. And I kind of just stuck with me. So then when I got on the beach, I'm like, Chan, you'll probably never do this again. Like, you know, it doesn't happen twice for many people. Like, like, just give it all you've got. Like, just kill this game the way, like, you kill in life. Like, just play. Just be yourself and play. And, like, I had an Eminem track run in my head. Like, and That's I was right. just like, you know, um, what is the track? Um, you Lose only yourself. get one. Lose yourself. There you go. Uh, there in you the go. moment. What, in the it moment. Go? There you go. So how it go, Jay? It's super oh, good, right? Gotta never it's let it go. You only get what these arms are heavy. Vomit on his sweat already. Mom, spaghetti. Nervous. Nervous. But in the service, he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. Oh, man. <laughs> Broke down the whole crowd. Wow, goes so loud. Wow. He opens his mouth. Words choking out. He's choking out. That's it. That's it. That's, That's it. That's it. Right. That was running through my head. You got and, a couple songs um, up there going going on. Right, 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 right. Uh, shout out to Mom Spaghetti in Detroit. Uh, but yeah, like, so then when I got on the beach, I was really scared. I was like, maybe no one will want to talk to me or connect with me because once they hear you, I wasn't going to lie about my occupation because that's just weird. But I was just like, I'll just be honest, but I know that when people hear you're a pastor, um, especially people in the queer community, you know, they, they it can just feel like real, like there's just a lot of church hurt that comes up. And I just didn't want people to think that I wasn't affirming, that I wasn't. So really, when I got to the beach the first couple of days, I was really just concerned with making sure people knew that they could, that they felt safe around me as just a, a person, right? And that I wouldn't be judging them for their life or their lifestyle decisions. Um, and that was just like a real genuine, like kind of my experience opening up like the first couple of days of just getting to know Jeannie and Ricard and Brad and JD and just hearing their stories and where they came from. So I didn't anticipate being a shot caller. That's not why I didn't, I wasn't intending to be that, you know, but I just like, I'm just going to give it all that I have. Yeah. And then eventually I realized that like, not a lot of people were very super strategic. And so then I was like, oh, like, what if I just kind of like, just, just Take like lean bit. into it? Yeah. Cause no one's taking the reins. So I was like, all right. So then I just kind of leaned into that and I didn't realize I was calling the shots, I, you know, until later on. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say that that was my strategy going into the game. I just knew that I wanted to play the game the way that I am in real life. And the way that I live my life is I make connections and I kind of just, you know, I go deep with people. Um, and that, that, that's the only tool that I had in my toolbox. You know, I wasn't a comp beast. You know what I mean? Um, but like I was good with people. So yeah, gotcha, uh, gotcha. 
Yeah. And so, Good you point. know, they say hindsight is always 2020 or they say, you know, shut up because you Monday morning quarterback in. I am just like, I want to know, like, in in hindsight, is there anyone in that, like, original tribe that you would have, like, helped advance over another person that you helped advance or, like, formed an alliance with? Yeah, so, like, would I have taken Jeannie instead of Ricard kind of thing, right? I mean, (laughs) let's hear Um, it. That's a great question. It's hard. I mean, I keep going back to this question because people keep asking me, and I've seen things on Twitter and on Instagram, like, this was the wrong move, but... Um, I don't know. I think you can only work with the cards that you're dealt. Right. And like, I knew Jeannie, I knew Jeannie's like, I love that girl. Like she will be in my wedding. Like I, like, I love her. Like there's probably no one I love like Jeannie from that season other than Liana, like, like that in that intensity. Right. Um, but Jeannie was like super, super honest, like to it, like, like incredibly honest. And like her heart was on her sleeve more so than me, way more so than me. Right. And, um, I remember the like the first blindside was Sarah and Jeannie went and told Sarah the plan because because Sarah cried in her face and I was like Jeannie just because she cries in her face I mean you got to tell her everything like you know we are playing a game for a million dollars she's like I'm so sorry Sham but I just I wanted to give her her best shot you know I told her roll her roll her shot in the dark I'm like oh my gosh like there's only five people the, the votes matter here right so then that just I just stored and then she told us about the idol and then like there was just so many moments that I was like you know I just if I take Jeannie to the merge like there's a chance that she could blow up my spot, you know, like just because she's so honest. Yeah. Um, whereas Ricard, Ricard and I just, we strategized really, really well together and we fought way more than people saw. And we laughed way more than people saw. And we did crazy, intimate, funny things like that, that people would probably would never see. Right. But like we were very tight and like, I just knew that he would be kind of like an easier person to strategize with. And I wanted to dominate at the merge with somebody and um Ricard just seemed like the best bet um in hindsight people were like would you do something would you do it differently I mean maybe just to see what would have happened to be yeah. different but I know who she was as a person and a player and there would have been different barriers and obstacles to overcome you know what I mean so um I you know I, yeah, it's always I, cool to think about like the alternatives but you know the best thing you could do is in the moment take the information you have and make the best decision that you can and obviously you and Ricard were a dynamic duo your, your tribe was kind of similar to like a Matt Singh situation where Malcolm and Denise two great players emerged from it yeah so I totally got that all right I want to hear about um JD money like money is is there what are your thoughts on him right now today and also is there any world i guess in hindsight where you would have been able to get on the same page with jd and y'all would have been able to make things happen so the thing with jd is that like i actually of course being another black man on the tribe like i the whole thing was i was never gonna vote at anybody black i just wasn't not with 2020 and hindsight like i was just not gonna do it um but then yasa went to tribal and they voted on abraham so i was like oh okay there goes that so i guess it's not what I, what, what i wanted it to be so then um you know JD and I got really close. You know, he struggled with people because he was such a super fan that he rubbed a lot of the people on our tribe kind of the wrong way because he just knew so much. And he just, he kind of talked a lot, which wasn't, it's not bad when you're out there, you don't have anything to do. It's good entertainment, but and he does killer impressions. Like there's nobody that does impressions like JD, like nobody, um, which is a good and a bad thing. But um, he, he was like, you know, my little kid brother out there, honestly, I had a lot of love for him. And I think Jeannie wanted to get rid of JD and Ricard wanted to get rid of JD and Ricard and JD just like oil and water. Like those two just did not mix. And I, there was one day in particular where I was running like to and fro between them back and forth. Like honestly having like 15 minute conversations with both of them, trying to get them to cool off 
because they just they did not they not not get Ooh. along and um they just could not trust each other and I really wanted us to be like a you know just to work together as a three uh but then JD was just like he there's just a lot of clown moments that just like you know he really struggled with like um like his his swimming ability he could he could swim but he wasn't a strong swimmer and there were a lot of moments where that showed up in the challenges and um then he would kind of lie about it and I would just tell him, just stop talking about the swimming, stop talking about being an athlete, stop it. Like, because it's, it does not look good for you when we actually go to challenges and stuff. And so that was a big deal in our tribe. And they didn't talk about that at all, but that's where, that's where JD got a lot of heat. And so, you know, Ricard and Jeannie and even Brad at times were just like, it was just, you know, that was because Brad had to pull him into the boat the first day. I had to go back and get him another time. Jeannie had to get him another time. Like, um, and he was you know, definitely hyping up his, uh, his uh, challenge. Yeah. It's not the NBA, JD. It's not. But ain't he, isn't he a track star? Like I mean, all those ribbons, you day, right? But like, I'm just saying, like it was, it was just like really hard to play. Hey, what's wrong? Yeah. I'm like, no, no, I'm dying. Oh, I'm funny. dying. We've I'm all dying. seen the ribbon. We've seen, seen the medals. Ribbon. Right, the medals. So you know, it was like being on a good relationship with him, but it just going forward, it wasn't going to mesh with the rest of your group. Basically, it's was what you're. Well, saying. it's like. I was good until the, the 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 advantage was out of his draws, which like, what is that? You know, and um, I for sure knew what I was doing because I saw it even before I pointed it out. So I wanted people to blow. I wanted to blow up his spot. So um, because I knew he had lied to me because he swore up and down. He didn't get an advantage. And I kept convincing people he didn't get an advantage. He didn't get an advantage. He would have told me. So I see the advantage. Um, you see the whole conversation, the whole thing play out. Um, and then he, you know, he offers to give it to me to hold on. At that point, I wasn't up to anything devious. I was just like, I'll just hold it. And no, no, I really wasn't at that point. I really wasn't. I was just like, and I'll give it back. But then, but then we get back to camp after tribal council. And this little head was like, I want my advantage back. And I was like, oh, okay, you can have it. I gave it back to him. And then I was like, I told Ricard, I was like, I want JD to go next. And I was like, I'm ready to vote him out, which was music to Ricard's ears. Because that's why he's like, are you serious? I'm like, I promise my whole heart. Because for forever, I was like, no, we can't be. I'm not voting on JD. But the fact that Yasad got rid of Abraham told me that, okay, this whole, you know, all, you know, all skin folk and all kin folks. So I was like, maybe we're not all locking in together. And so then I was like, you know what? JD lied to me. He tried to come at me. You know, I'm like, Nah, and he gave me the advantage again for a second time. Like I'm taking that, and I'm taking that, and I'm voting him out because I can't keep him around after I tell him I'm not getting the advantage back. So you got to go home. So that was the situation with JD, and his whole thing was like, but there were so many beautiful moments between JD and I. Like he was like, we had a big race conversation on the beach where he was like, you know, you know, water is, you know, is the black man's kryptonite. And I was like, don't say that. Like I was a lifeguard for a few years. Like you don't just because what does that mean? Like, because I'm half black, I can't swim half the time. Like, don't say that stuff. Like you put out stereotypes and that's like, it seems small, but these are the, these are the very things that the pendulum like swings on in which, you know, people lose their lives. People are murdered for like very stupid stereotypes. You know what I mean? And like, just continuing to perpetuate that narrative. Like I was really like, I don't know, just like thrown by that, but it was really a brother sister relationship. And we connected on faith because he was like, I'm, you know, I'm a big Christian and, I, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a pastor. And we talked about that a lot. And I spent time doing devotions with him and Danny on the beach. So there was a lot of people of faith on that um, this season. And that came up a lot, but yeah, JD, like even now I, it's hard because that boy tries my patience. Like I love him so much, but when he gets on his lives, his three, four hour lives, like I'm listening to some of the stuff and I'm like, this is not truthful. This is not honest. Like you're not being truthful. Right. But I know he's young. He's very, very young. So I'm not going to like come for him or, you know, cut him up or anything. I love that kid. 
And I do believe one day we'll have a drink together and he'll be able to laugh at the fact that I Eric'd him on season 41. Well, speaking of that, that's exactly what kind of what I wanted to get into is you were like you said, at first it wasn't a devious intent, but then you pulled off a great move, got him to give you the advantage, voted him out. Uh, and you did a lot of other stuff like that down the line. And every time you would do those things, you had, I guess, what we're going to call the shantum with the little. <laughs> How did that? So you got lose yourself going on one year, shantum in the other. <laughs> it's a How remix. Did little, How did that little hum like come about and. You know, how often were you actually doing that? Or did it kind of just become like a joke? Or like, do you still do that in real life when you're when you're up to something no good? But tell us about it. OK, the truth, like the truth, right, is that I'm in like a it's press day before, you know, because that's when all those interviews are done. It's press day right before the game starts. And I'm sitting down with Joe Leah, who, oh, my God, I love Joe so much. He's great. But I'm, yeah, he's great. Ding, ding. Yeah, like he's so incredible. And so I'm sitting down talking to him and. I'm about to close out my like my little press interview with him. Right. And then he says to me, he's like, do you have any like weird quirks like that you do that nobody knows about? And I was like, no, weird quirks. Like, no, I'm Shannon. I don't have weird. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, is there anything like anything funny? And I was like, my best friend told me specifically when I left the Tabitha, she told me, she said, like, so you should tell them about this thing that you do. And I was like, what thing that I do? She's like, the thing that you do, you like, you hum when you're up to like, no good. I'm like, I don't hum when I'm up to no good. She's like, you do. And then she did it for me. And I was like, oh my God, I totally do do that. But why do I do that? She's like, I don't know. It's like, whenever you're like, you're upset or you're thinking or you're doing something, you're humming the song. And I'm like, okay. So then I told you, I was like, well, my best friend said, like, it was so whack. Like, I was literally on my, like, on my way out of the interview. Like, I, I stood up. Like, I was like, I mean, my best friend said that I do this one thing. He's like, sit back down. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's like, I hum this little tune, like, when I'm, like, thinking or when I'm, like, up to no good. He's like, can you say all of that one more time? And I was like, so I hum this little tune when I'm up to good. And, like, you know, he's like, can you do it for us? He, it took about five or six minutes for him to, like, actually get me to do it because I was so embarrassed about it. So I did it. Huh, I did it. And then he's like, I'm going to put an orchestra behind it. I'm going to yes. put, you know, sing. And I was like, this is not going to be a real thing. <laughs> and then maybe about three or four days out on the beach, Ryan, another producer was like, do you know, you totally do hum. Like when you're just like sitting or you're thinking like, I've caught you like about seven times so far. And I was like, no way. And he's like, yeah. And then it wasn't until this stuff aired. Oh, and I didn't realize it was a real, real thing until Heather pointed out. But when we were at Peach Under the Stars, I wasn't humming that loud. They put they overdubbed that. That thing was so loud. I was just probably humming like, I don't know, Freedom by Beyonce or something. I was not humming that though, you know? Um, but yeah, so that like, that's how that came about. Um, and now there's a shantum and now there's remixes. And it's like every, every time I meet a fan, they want me to do it. And every time like I'm on a thing, they're like, can you sing it? So please don't, please don't make me. No, we won't make you do it. But I do. We'll, need a, we'll do a cover for you. <laughs> I do need a little twerk one, like a little. Okay, you know I need a little. <clears throat> yeah. If you mix it, if you mix it, I'll like I'll do a little twerk on Twitter, uh, TikTok. Okay, come on, influencer. Uh, And I love you speaking about Beyonce, like, you know, everyone's big sister. First of all, when I I did a it's a look on uh, the Rob has a podcast uh, thing, like you were my winner pick. Like I there is something in you that like I, I look at photos and I can like see different things. And the the scene with you and Liana on the ship wheel island was definitely one that was powerful. And 
I even think that night, like I, I felt like I was like tweeting and texting Wendell, like, you know, there are so many powerful, like white women duos that we see on Survivor and we don't ever really get to see like, you know, the the black girl link up and you know, the magic, the link up that like the magic, it like it really spoke volumes to me. Like, what did that mean to you? Can you like I mean, I know you talked about it but before, like, but like what was that experience like to be able to have that connection with another beautiful brown sister? Liana is my little sister. Shout out to her. For me, just being a black man looking at it like I, I loved to see it. But like, what did it mean for you to be out there and to be able to have that type of connection? Yeah, I mean, like. I had like, okay, like it meant, it meant the world because I mean, I first, we had seen each other in pregame and like, you know, I'm already like, I'm already like, okay, this can go one of two ways. Like either it's going to be high competition or it's going to be that magic, like that woo woo when we see each other and all the, you know, all the things. Um, but Liana really is one of the most beautiful people inside and out that I've ever met. And um, I just, that's my ride or die, you know, like I really love that girl. And I think I had talked about my mom passing on the beach, like a couple of times with people in my tribe, but everyone was so weird about it. Like they were just kind of like quiet or didn't say anything or didn't like respond to it. But Liana, like it was such a vulnerable moment because we were hiking, we were tired. It was like exhausting. And we get to the top and both of our like her mom's like, you know, Liana, when you see the ocean, think of me and me like my mom, like her ashes like will scattered across the ocean. So whenever I look at the ocean, I think of my mom. So we both like there was like a merging, like a crossing of paths in that way of like dovetailing of like our moms. And we were able to just talk about that and share. And then, of course, you know, me and her just we cry so much on that island together. But that was the first cry that we had. And honestly, it it just meant so much to me to see another woman in like our skin, you know, rocking melanin on in Fiji, like alongside me, you know, um, it's like, you know, gay, kind of like you see someone that looks like you that just represents you. Cause like she said, and like, it's very, very true. Everywhere I go, I'm a black woman, even if I'm biracial, I'm a black woman. You know what I mean? Um, and so, you know, uh, it meant a lot. And, you know, we typically don't get to see black women play together. They're always pitted against one another and, and they're like characterized as aggressive and like, like just a lot of attitude and just like clunky or like over hypersexualized, you know, and, and, and that, that's, that is survivor. I've seen that, you know, but with Liana and I like, I like kudos to the producers for really telling a story that was really beautiful that had nothing to do with like our like sexuality or like, you know, our anger or any of that, but just like two like women running the show at the merge for a bit. Um, and who really just had a really strong connection so much so that I gave up like one of the probably biggest advantage in the game, um, and didn't feel any kind of way about it, you know? So like you need trust in the game, you need connection and like, I think I just, I, you know, that happened so effortlessly with Liana and um, yeah. So it meant a lot. It was such a beautiful moment. Um, I, I think I was almost on the verge of tears. I know I was tweeting about almost. it. Almost. To tell the uh, truth, be vulnerable. It's okay. It's a safe place. Okay. Is this a, this what do we a, call it, Bryce? The sharing is caring table is open okay. window. All right. <laughs> If the sharing is caring table is open, then I might have shed a tear during your moment with Liana on on your climb of that mountain. It was beautiful. It really was. Um, Okay. Can we close the sharing is caring table, Bryce? No, we're going to keep it open for the rest of the podcast. I want you crying, Wendell. I want you crying. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. When you start start really talking to Jack, 
and really lay it on him. I don't know. The, the sharing his carrying table has to be open it's for that. Right? Right? That's all, that's all, all right. you need it. All right, cool. Well, we'll just move on. Um, you had a lot of different allies in the game, Shan, and you worked with different people. My question to you is, it, obviously, in hindsight, would you have changed any of your allies or is there anyone in the game that you're you're like, man, I should have actually worked with this person instead of that person? Like, see, I want to say brat, right? But here's the thing that I am that is not lost on me. People connect strongly with what's most familiar. They just do. You know, and I didn't know if I was right on my move with Brad until I watched the game again and like watched the playback. And I saw, you know, him standing on this thing where, you know, he had just he thought he thought he had activated the idol and Xander, you know, had said his butterfly line. And um, they looked at each other and said, he said, I'm with you without ever having talked to Xander, without ever having known Xander. And I really think that had I brought Brad with me and had I brought him to the merge, that those two probably would have connected and that he would have left me behind because I honest, honestly, I really do feel like black women get left behind a lot of the time. And I know people are going to be like, why do you always make it about race or about gender? But I'm like, I'm just, it's not lost on me the way this world works, you know? And until like race is a social construct, but we can't pretend like it doesn't exist. And so all those things were in my mind, like, you know, um, and I just, yeah, I just was like, I'm not, I'm not aligning with someone that I don't feel completely certain I can move forward with and that I can trust. And for whatever reason, Brad had said to me, and this was the other thing that hit me, Brad had said to me on the island, like everyone's like, well, when he threw out your name, that was probably when you thought, you know, he wasn't the one to work with. And I was like, no, I can rock with someone throwing out my name. I don't care about that. That's not the issue. My issue was he came to me one day and said, you know, you know, Shan, like you have something that nobody else has. Like you can connect with everybody. Everybody connects with you and tells you everything. And I want to use you at the merge. Well, for me, it was like, well, you want to use me? Like, I, like, like, no, like, no, fool, I'm going to use you. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. it was just like that for me. And so, you know, I just didn't want like to hand over my game to, honestly, another white male. That's how I felt. Um, and people probably get pushed back for that, but that, that is what it is. That's what was going through my mind. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I would have wanted to work with Brad. I just, I don't know. I was just counting the numbers on the other side and I was just, Heather was over there and then you had Xander and you had Tip, you had Evie and I was like, there's some, that could possibly, you know, people of color. connection. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it's true though. People yeah. of color no, always get at first. I think Brad yeah. is literally like an older version of Xander in a way. So I fully could agree with you that I could see Brad and Xander. Yeah, really yeah. 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 and they would have ran it. Yeah. And they would have ran it. They would have ran the merge. And so it's like, you know, no, I'm going to steer what the dominant alliance is going to be. And for once, it's going to be people of color because for most of the seasons of Survivor, white people have led the charge and paved the way. And, you know, kudos to Wendell, you know, uh, but it's like, that's not the norm. You know, he's not the norm. A He's an exception to the rule, you know? A thousand percent. And you telling that story of like, you know, Brad saying that to Xander, it really is so surprising how like, uh, survivor moments can just come back to you. And for me uh, on Kagiyan, uh, when we were filming the intro and like the beauty tribe was in the boat and Jeremiah and LJ like were behind, I was sitting to the left and I will never forget, like we were like always instructed like not to talk like, you know, whatever. So, you know me, I'm following the rules. I'm like, and I will never forget. Uh, I turn around and I see LJ and Jeremiah shake hands. And for me, I just, you know, and again, like it is what it is. Kagiyan is what it is. Like I voted out, but I, I just always like, I, I just think what you say rings true. Like those two white men connected on being white men. And like, no, I never, I never did anything to LJ. I never did anything to Jeremiah, but like give them my trust. But it was like, they didn't connect with me. And so like, I, 
for me, like just what you just said, truly, like it, it is a real thing on Survivor, and which is why I think the BIPOC and the 50% uh, diversity really makes a difference in yeah. moving forward because it puts everyone at an even playing field. So yeah. I just, I, I'm sorry, that, that, that just came up in my spirit. So um, it's real. Uh, I totally agree with that, Bryce. Yeah, definitely. Um, and moving forward, you're talking about how pre-merge you were thinking about those relationships, how they could form down the line between, you know, people on your tribe, people on other tribes, obviously going to the merge. At that point, you only knew Ricard, you knew Leon a little bit from the summit um, of the other players that you linked up with, who are some people that you got along with, some people you wanted to work with. Uh, some people you were surprised by. Give us kind of your first impressions of a lot of that merged group. Uh, yeah, I think for sure. I really, I really enjoyed Tiffany, like right off the bat um, until I did it. You know, like I love her, like I love her, but it was like, there was a moment where I was like, mm, she's like a little too, she's like too much too, like she's got such a strong ability to connect with people. And I want to be that person, you know, but like, so, but I really rock with Tiffany on the Island up there. Um, and then I wanted to work with Evie. I really wanted to work with Evie until I realized Evie was the Shan on Yasa, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I heard she threw out my name. And so then I was like, well, I'm going to about to like, I'm about to like create a whole bunch of crap between Leon and Evie because I don't want Leon to be close to Evie anymore. But I actually really wanted to work with Evie. And she says that our Ponderosa video, we're like, you know, like what do they call star cross lovers? Like, you know, we want, we just had bad timing and bad moments. And I think, you know, had we had a little bit more time together, we actually might have worked together, but I don't know that for sure. Um, Xander, great kid, uh, you know, but I just like he just I don't know why, but I just didn't feel like there was. And I know this is like your little brother, Jack. So there's no shade here. I just mean, like, I just I just didn't like. like, Yeah. And I just didn't get enough from him to feel like I. There was a one particular moment in time where I wanted to work with him. And it was the morning I went home, I think, or the morning before I went home um, because I wanted to use his advantage to really pivot the vote because I was, wasn't certain about what was happening. But, yeah. um, okay, Brad, we, you want to use his advantage. Talk, okay. Well, Brad, uh, we, we did talk with Xander about this and, and he said that maybe the shortened nature of the season sort of led to people coming in the merge and being more loyal to sort of those people that they initially connected with. Cause obviously there was no swap and, if the season were longer, you'd have more time to really make those inroads with the Yasa players, with the Evies. Whereas because the vote came so quickly and especially because, you know, the hourglass was smashed all of a sudden, this group's vulnerable. This group's not vulnerable. You got to go to tribal, like half the people vote and half people are not. It gets so chaotic that you can kind of stick with the people, you know, rather than really make those new inroads. Yeah. I honestly think had there been like a tribe swap and like Erica might've been on like my tribe, I honestly think because we're both Canadian, we we may have connected better and we may have like maybe yeah. together. Um, but I don't see a world in which Xander would have worked with me, to be honest, just because he didn't work. He wasn't willing to work with Liana and there and, and there was no real reason for that. And that's and I, that's like the continued story. Right. There's just they, there was just energy. I don't know what was going on there, but I almost wonder if it would have been the same experience with me um, just because I maybe feel further from him in terms of shared experience. But I don't know. I don't know. Um I definitely know that I was almost on yellow. So I almost sometimes wonder like what that, what that would have looked like. Who do you think you would have been swapped with if you were on yellow? Did you like compare notes with anybody? Uh, Tiffany. So it's like, it was like someone got COVID. Then they, because someone got COVID, they needed an alternate. 
but they needed it to be like a middle-aged woman and Jeannie was the match for Tiffany. So somehow I got moved. So they and pulled the- Tiffany and put her on yellow and then like yeah. slid you over to green. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which would have had Leon and I on the same trial. Yeah, kind of say- would have been incredible, but you know. Yes. Bryce heard COVID and threw the mask. Okay, listen, you can't never be, uh, listen, the way Amorion be out here, you got to be safe. But listen, now let's get into some meat and potatoes, okay? We love a messy queen. I'm going to start by saying All that. Right. <laughs> Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Let's stop. Record. 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 Like, we love to explore, like, you guys' relationship. But what I really want to know is, and honestly, okay, people to people, when he was asking for them extra votes back, like, what was your initial thought? Um, when he was asking for the extra vote back, what do you mean? When he, when he... When he like, was holding that vote. When he was holding it hostage. Well, like, the, I mean... So when he was holding, okay, so we come back from tribal council, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. let me just, I just want to say this. Okay. My thing was like, I took the risk to get the idol. You didn't take the risk to get the idol. You know what oh. I'm saying? And then I handed you the extra vote. Oh. With like, you give it back to me. But oh. like, if you really wanted the idol, then you should have oh. hold the idol and lost your vote. Oh. It's just like that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Oh, okay, girl. Well, well, listen, let's dive a little. Can we dive a little deeper? What is your thoughts on like him putting out that like all of the strategic moves were made by all the ideas was made by him and you was just the the person that executed them? It's just not true. Oh, it's just not true. And it's like, uh, like, I just was so blown away. Like, I mean, you can see my face at Tribal when he said he's like, I feel like I come up with a strategy. I'm like, what? I'm like, you come up with a strategy. Now, mind you, I will never say that Ricard and I didn't, didn't, he didn't strategize with me, but Ricard wasn't coming up with the strategy. Like it was mostly me going to him and saying, I have a plan. I have a plan. I have a plan. He would push back on the plan. And I'd say, okay, why would we do it like that? And I would let him feel heard. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I knew that like, I wanted it to go because <laughs> I'm playing survivor. I wanted it to go my way. You know, I didn't come to sit on the beach and, and, and get a tan. I could have done that in Jamaica, but I came here to win a freaking million dollars and bring awareness to MS research. That's why I was there, you know? So it was like, with Ricard saying that, like I didn't, I didn't blow it up at Tribal because again, I wanted that vote to go smoothly, and I felt terrible about voting up Genie. But the truth was, is that Ricard didn't come up with strategy. I mean, the edit, I think the edit at some point made it seem like he did, but even the whole Nasir that's with the vote thing, like I was trying to do that in the reverse. So it was just like he was just like, well, I want to do, I want to get rid of Nasir, and I was like, why would we vote up Nasir? It doesn't make any sense. He's putting food in my body. You're eating, but he's keeping me alive. You know what I mean? Like, and he's a number for us. Ricard's getting that extra papaya. No, so like, I just want to be like, I want to be fair. And I want to say like, Ricard and I strategized together and we were a dynamic duo. But like, I was so frustrated at times where I felt like he was trying to take credit for a lot of the moves that I was pulling off and that I came up with, you know what I mean? Um, And it was frustrating for him to kind of just always make it sound like he wasn't getting enough. And I'm like, if you want the credit for the moves, then do the moves. Like, you know what I mean? Don't make up this story about how you come up with something and I close it. Like, okay, so you over there thinking of stuff. So then do what you're thinking of. Like, but that wasn't the case. We were thinking together and I, and I was 
pushing a lot of the strategy. Mm. So I mean, I just really wasn't feeling the whole idea of, um, but I didn't want to ever drag him, you know? So I didn't want to ever drag him up, you know, up until recently. But like, well, while we here, uh, okay. But listen, okay. I got one more question. Then we go get there. Uh, do you think that people want to know, um, as a survivor player, maybe not like, let's not like, I'm gonna give you an alter ego. Your alter ego name is Roberta. Roberta. Now, being Roberta currently, looking at the game, do you feel like when Ricard? struck against you do you feel like that was like the right time or do you feel like in his, for his gameplay when he decided to pull the trigger you know i really don't think it was good for i mean everyone thinks they're doing what's good for their game right mm-hmm. but ricard's biggest concern was if i go with you shan and the all black alliance i'm gonna get five i'm gonna get five i'm gonna get fifth place and I had said to him, but if you think about it, because we talked about this, you know, I said, but if you think about it, if you go with them other heads, like, oh. I'm like, Ricard, they, they're not me. They're not carrying you. They're not carrying you. I'm like, you're going to land with five as well. And it happened. It oh. happened exactly like that. So it's like, what, what I wish Ricard had done is just like stuck with it because he could see the writing on the wall that, you know, th- there was no way I was taking Deshaun to a final two or a final three. I just wasn't, you know, it would have been Danny and Liana or Liana and Ricard, but it was never going to be me and Deshaun. And so it was like, there was more strategy in him and more strategy to be doing. And I think he just got frightened because he saw the amount of influence that I had, but had he just stuck with me and, and, the, and the all black alliance a little longer, he might've been able to get, further in the game i think he would have been sitting in the final three had he just waited a little longer but i mean he thought he was doing the 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 best thing for his game you know uh obviously it wasn't the best thing for my game but you know i i really wasn't i i knew we yeah it was a pizza under the stars right like i really it was that moment i wanted to ask him to like be final two with me or final three with me i didn't know how it was going to work out but i could feel like deshaun was just not no matter how much listening I did, right? It was just never going to be enough. So I was like, I was seeing the writing on the wall there and I was like, wanted to like kind of ask Ricard to prom, wanted to ask him to be like my boo, like come with me all the way kind of thing. You know, let's do this. Uh, But then he said in front of Xander and Heather, he said, you know, we don't even know what we're doing here. Like, we don't even know if this is going to be a thing. Like, you know, we started together, but we don't know if we're going to end together. So for me, I was like, oh shoot, like, damn, like, like, well, if, you know, I have my own rejection issues. And so I was like, well, I'm not asking him to prom, you know, any kind of thing. And so that was probably, you know, maybe my downfall. But um, yeah, like he struck before I did. And I don't even know if I would have ever struck against him, you know, um, other than when yeah. I got to the beach and it all changed. It all started to change when I got back to the beach. So. so so that makes sense. But now, listen, a little birdie told me that on, you know, another situation where you was, you know, talking with other people that uh, you and Ricard don't follow each other on the Twitter. Like I said, and I, ooh. So can we just get a current update on where y'all stand currently? Because, you know, break it down for a Purple Pants podcast exclusive. Uh, is a little birdie sipping wine right now? Oh, ah! uh, <laughs> <so>, right. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast earlier today. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Uh-huh. But we uh-huh. on the Purple Pants podcast. <laughs> so i mean i have this really bad pattern in my life where like i just do it's something that i'm working through but it's like i just continue to persist in relationships with people that like kind of give me like red flags you know Mm. and it's like that's my own that's my own like kind of heartbreak heartache from like my childhood but that's just that's just who i am and i think with ricard like it cuts so deep at ponderosa um and then we eventually talked and we made up 
Um, and it was fine. But when we got back, like, like I was so sore from the loss. And um, I think Liana was in the same place, but he was like, always like texting and popping up. And so it was just very, it was very jarring, but also like, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to this relationship that I had made. I mean, I was on the Island with him for like 18 days, you know, like you just get so close. And I, so I really wanted our friendship to work. Um, and I just had a lot of love for him, still have a lot of love for him. But like then, like, I think after everything, you know, the watching of the season and, you know, some of his, like, some of our interactions, you know, when, when I was hot and he was not and how he just, you know, he couldn't rock with me when I was hot and he was not, you know, it wasn't until I wasn't hot, you know, that he was like, I wanted a woo 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 again. And it was like, that was hard for me. But again, I let that stuff slide, you know, you know, he would hit me up when it was convenient for him and et cetera, et cetera. So it wasn't just a smooth relationship. And then I think there was just like, there was like a few survivor alums actually that sent me like a clip that he and on a podcast that he did where he was like kind of dragging me a little bit and I was just so shocked when I saw it you know I was like oh my gosh like why would why would you say this stuff like why like um and that hit me weird and then he's like it was the weirdest thing because he was like we should do amazing race together people love us so then you know he hits up Jesse and asks Jesse and Jesse says you know you know production's like oh well production have to talk about it have to be like a thing or whatever and so then, then I see on someone screenshot and send me that, you know, he, he had put on his Twitter, um, like, well, that he wants to do Amazing Race with Xander. And again, it just felt like this moment where, like, you pivot to what's hot, like, you know, because clearly Xander's, you know, you know, he's, he blew up, I think, from Survivor in a huge way. I mean, yeah, go white men. Um, and so. Go friends. Go friends. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh, my um, Sorry, I support my friend. <laughs> no, I don't know if it's about friendship so much as it's about something else. I'm talking about the growth on Instagram, not your friendship in specific. That's not what I'm referencing. You don't think I've been friends with him before? No, she not. That's not what no, she's that's saying. Not what I'm saying. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Come on, Jack. That's what I'm saying. You got to keep up, Jack. You got to keep up. I, I just like go Xander and you, you, No, you. no, it's okay. Like, listen, you and Xander have something very special. And like, I'm not going to knock that. I'm not going to tear that down in any well, way. You just did, but I got you. No, no, sweetie, I didn't. I didn't tear, I didn't tear that right. down. I, I like support your friendship and relationship and brotherhood with him. Oh my gosh. But I'm talking about his growth on, on Instagram. That's okay. what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. Not about you guys that, yeah, that was a misunderstanding completely. I mean that his growth has come from the fact that he's white and privileged and pretty. And, you know, there wasn't anybody like him. Um, not a lot of like him, whereas in previous seasons, there's a lot of kind of Xanders, but this was like, you know, the only kind of, you know, sure, sure. so yeah, so it's okay. Right. It's all right. Um, so yeah, like with the Ricard thing, like he, you know, he wanted to do amazing race with Xander, which was just weird because the tune he was singing before was, you know, which, yeah. So, yeah. Um, that just hit me the wrong way. And so I just didn't want to be triggered by his like tweets and like his like posts. So I was just like, you know what, this is, this is not, this is not, not for me, you know? And I'm just not, I'm not someone who pretends really well, you know, I'm like, if I don't really fuck with you, then I don't really fuck with you, you know? And so I just kind of left it alone. Um, but yeah, that, that's the T. I don't know if it's T. Um, but I do have a text to respond to from him because I know he, you know, he heard Lauren's podcast. And so I need to hit him up and explain. Uh, but he knows, you know, and so I don't I don't like these games. But um, yeah, yeah. I but I responded but, but to my text either. But Jack, honestly, no shade. To I, you. Got you, I got you. I got okay. you. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I feel if that's the situation with, the, with Ricard, like you can't get along with everyone all the time. I feel the same way with certain people. And. You, you just gotta protect your peace and uh, 
you know, do your thing. Yeah, I, I'm with that, too, because it's hard for me to be fake. And uh, for me, I always feel like I am a loving and giving type of friend, no matter what your like status is, no matter anything like I'm a giver. And I always feel that like, you know, um, sometimes I feel like people challenge that. And it's like, you know, there is no competition. There is no like I want to see everyone win. Um, and so I just so I, I received that. And it's like, you know, if we're not friends, we're not friends. If you don't want to like, you know, like, what is it like? Because like I'm a lover. Yeah. But, and, you know, and, and it's like, you know, you you know, these people for 18 days. You know, I didn't know them since preschool. It wasn't like that. You know, um, it is an intense experience. I'm able to like just see it for what it was and like kind of keep it as lightning in a bottle and just like leave that bottle behind. Um, but like there is no like there's no shade there's no hate he's not a terrible person right um, I just I don't like my circle is just my circle is just not it doesn't involve like a lot of clout chasers it just doesn't and so that's neither, neither does mine okay <laughs> you know oh well well alright I, I I appreciate you sharing Shan I, I have one question about um, your past we saw we saw glimpses of your past and the the light, like what you've been through with your uh, with MS. You talked about your mother. I, I know that you've had quite the journey in your short life. Um, and my question is, how has this path of yours helped you on Survivor? Um, yeah, like I think I think in a probably a big way, like I think before I was a pastor, like I was just. You know, I was I was living a very, very different life, you know, that involved like just drugs and like gangs and like just violence and like, you know, just a lot of stuff that, you know, I think when people look at me now, they just they're like, I don't believe you kind of thing. But, you know, um, there was a time where I was just like, I, I didn't I was homeless, you know, I didn't have a lot, you know. Um, and so I think that part of me, like almost like a little bit of a hustler in me, like that was the part of me that was able to make really hard decisions and not really feel too, you know, cause I was like, this is a game, you know what I mean? Like, so I think the past for me was, was the part of me that really connected well with people and maybe some of my life experience from before I was a pastor, but I think maybe the other stuff gave me more of the edge, um, to be a little bit more ruthless and to just make the hard decisions. So I don't know that I would say that it even helped me in the game, but if it did, maybe that, that, maybe that's the, the dichotomy and that's the, that's the parallel that works. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So quiet. <laughs> no, because I'm going to take it in. I, I got something to ask. Um, Shan, what vote out was most difficult for you? Um, Jeannie. Mm. Jeannie? Yeah. That was the vote out I cried. Mm. And I came back to the camp just upset. Like, it was just me and Ricard at that point. But I was very, very just upset that and I let her go. Would you say that's just almost all just because of the relationship you had with her? Or was it also tough just from like a strategic standpoint too? No, the, like, cause I, I really, I mean, you, you can see that, that challenge, that challenge before we go to travel council, like I, that was the, I think first challenge that I wept at, like, because I just knew that one of us was going home, right. One out of the three. And I really just hoped that the three of us could move forward together as a trio. Like I really, really wanted that. Um, and just so that we could have numbers cause ooh, I was just dwindling, but yeah, Jeannie was hard because I just, I'd heard her story. You know, um, I spent a lot of time swimming with her, talking with her as girls, you know, we just, we kind of showered to, you know, out there together, you know, and, um, she's just, Jeannie's a wonderful person. Like she's like probably one of the best people like her and Liana, like, yeah, like I can't say enough really great things about who Jeannie is as a person. Um, and her story, she has a really powerful story. Um, you know, she's experienced a lot of loss as well. And we just connected a lot on family and I don't know, like I even get emotional thinking about her. Cause I just, I, yeah. I see her and I love her and that girl will be like 
soon as COVID's over, like I'll probably be hanging out with her and Lindsay a lot in LA. So he's awesome. That Cambridge situation was tough because obviously going to a bunch of tribals, you're voting out people eventually that you could really work with deep into the game. So like uh, imagining how you, Ricard and Jeannie could have done damage or you, Ricard, JD and Jeannie could all have gone and done damage. It's just a shame that you had to like pick those, pick those people off so early. Yeah, very much so. I don't know about JD. Uh, I think JD would have flip flop all over the place when he got to the merge. He's just not a steady stream. You know, it would have been fun to watch. It would have been, been fun, fun to watch. It would have been fun to watch. But yeah, I, I mean, like, I just, I really wanted JD to be there. I really wanted him to be in a place where we yeah. could all three work together. But I'm telling you, I, I really do think that you know JD would have maybe gotten eaten up, eaten up at the merge because he was so talkative and it just kind yeah. of rubbed people, you know, a certain way. And Ricard wanted JD out, so Ricard would have found the votes to get JD out. I'm almost certain, um, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it would have been the Black Alliance trying to protect him. But you know, I think JD might have got with Deshaun and might have I might have gone sooner I don't know but or maybe JD would have had my back I don't know but I, I just don't mm. I really wanted that I really wanted that to work it would have been chaotic for sure. Yeah. for sure yeah yeah for sure what are your thoughts on the cookout from Big Brother and you know the Black Alliance coming together on the island and people calling them the camp out and uh I guess comparisons and I guess differences I mean I didn't love the name the camp out just because I knew I knew where the camp out was going. I knew nobody was camping out, right? Bottom line. But cookout. Cookout was like so clever. And I really liked that they called it that too. Cause you know, we like, we like to eat, we like to cook out. You know what I mean? So that was, that was wonderful. Um, and I thought that the strategy was really brilliant. It was the same strategy that I think Danny and myself and Deshaun and Liana were using really. We all had our person, you know what I mean? That we were kind of, that was, you know, our cousin um, and that we were kind of working with and pivoting with. Um, but we just never talked about it like that. Um, but to Tiffany is brilliant and all kudos to her. That was her strategy. Um, And it was, it was hard because like I got to see, I mean, Survivor played first and then Big Brother, but it was hard to watch uh, Big Brother because I I was so triggered because I felt like the Tiffany, honestly, I really, really did. And like, she and I talk about that quite a bit, like, you know, and it was so hard because I think as black women, we always feel like, you know, we're on the front lines for black men. Like, and I remember being in the marches, like I was leading the marches in LA and I remember helping to lead. And I remember like, I remember seeing the disparity between the crowds of like those that marched with Breonna Taylor, you know, and those that were there for George Floyd and why the crowds were so low for Breonna Taylor versus all the crowd people that showed up for George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey, Right. And it was just like, it's like, again, this, this, this song and dance of like, you know, black women being there for their men, protecting them. We burned advantages to keep Deshaun in the game. You know what I mean? But he didn't give us the courtesy of a conversation, you know? And I really felt like there's a, a big D like Deshaun, Shan, Tiffany, big D kind of dynamic, you know? Um, and I think the only thing that sucks here is that, you know, it's like not even one, you know, not even one person from the camp out won, you know, whereas the cookout, they did it, you know, they did it. So it was very triggering. It was very hard to watch. Yeah. But, uh, you know, wow. I really, I have a lot of respect for them and I hope to meet them at Hearts or somewhere, you know, because like I've only met uh, Chada and Aza, but I really want to meet Tiffany and Xavier and Kylan and Big D. Oh, and Big D, I met Big D. Oh my gosh, I met Big D. Where did you meet them at? <laughs> I met them in Philly. Oh! <laughs> very nice well i guess we'll segue usually on the purple pants podcast we play a game and or a challenge and we decided we wanted to challenge you and play this game it is a rapid fire game where i will say a name or a word or something to you and i need you to say what comes to mind first okay and you get like Five you seconds. You have to respond. Five seconds. Okay, Bryce said it. Five seconds. And so, you hear the bell. Five seconds is over. We got to go to the next word. So now. Have you watched Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen? 
No. Okay. No. The, never mind. Never mind then. Okay. What are you talking about? <laughs> Y'all did some word association in the post-game press though too. So you, you're practiced a little bit with this. Okay. I get it. Thank you, Jack. That was helpful. Okay. Yeah. Word it's, it's word association. That's what it's called. Yes. Um, but also I must add that it was the three of us that made up this list. Okay. It wasn't any one of us. You might be able to tell who made up some of these. So after the game is over, we need for you to identify at least one word that you feel like Jack contributed. I contributed or Wendell contributed. You mean one question that you guys so the word like you'll the words that like word. Wendell will say like, yeah, but so All I right. don't know if they'll be obvious or not. All, All right. right. I'm ready. First word. Ready? First Wait, word. Ah! Wait, 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 Jack. BF yeah. and, and and start start the timers or something. Okay. Shan, are you ready? Give me some. Oh, I'm nervous because this is dangerous, but uh, I'm ready. Oh, come on in. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> come on in. <laughs> Shan, you ready? ready. Yeah. Go. Jeff Probst. Cool. Papaya. King. <laughs> Celine Dion. Oh, love her. <laughs> Kale. Healthy. Christian Mingle. Whack. Kanye. I'm balanced. Omarion. COVID. <laughs> Judas. Ricard. Oh! <laughs> We're still in it. Woo! Woo! Okay. Hot Girl Summer. Janet Liana. Oop. Polygamy. Terrible idea. Marijuana. Weave. Don't do it. Ricard. Complicated. Money. Tribal. <laughs> Bob Saget. Tears. Nipsey Hustle. The King. Like Deshaun. Short-sighted. Privilege. Heather. Davy. So cute. Oh my God. Tears. Erica. Canadian queen. Joel Austin. Oh, a theft. Zaddy. Bryce. Grinder. Also Bryce. Little John. <laughs> Shantham. Won't die. The trade. The trade. That's a term she don't know, Bryce. Oh, no. Cult. Liana. Oh, baby sister. Pig's feet. Gross. Jamaican food. Bomb. Social workers. Healing. Placenta. Vital. Vital. The Duke from Bridgerton. (laughs) Oh, my God. Any Wednesday. Any Ah! Wednesday. Tuesday, Monday, Thursday, Friday. Go ahead. Any Wednesday. Uh, Spanx. Necessary. Oh, Lil Kim. Queen B. Purple Pants Podcast. The only podcast. Constipation. Uh, <laughs> like game killer. Like game killer. Serene Fields. Queen. Jack Atkins. Young. Homophobia. Trash. Dutch oven. Yeah. <laughs> Destiny's Child. We're almost there, guys. Destiny's Child. The Supremes. Oh my gosh. Karen's. Cell phones. Kyland. 
Sexy. Oh my god. Oh, say that again. Ooh. The circle. Bootleg game. <laughs> Enema. Oh. Oh, they don't work. They do if you use them right. Oh. Oh, Lamelo Ball. Bryce's husband. Ah. Patriots. Trash. <laughs> Omicron. Virus. Dave Chappelle. Tricky. Only fans. Only shans. Oh. oh. <laughs> Look at that. All right, we're done. Wins. Individual immunity. <laughs> you did good. You did good. You did good. So wait. So can you think of uh, any word that you heard can you associate it with the person that you think picked it? Okay. Um, uh, obviously, Destiny's Child and LaMelo Ball was bright. <laughs> um, I think Dave Chappelle was Wendell. I think... Uh, I'm a couple, so... I think uh, Bob Saget <laughs> I think was, was... I think Bob Saget might have been Wendell, too. It was me. It was, it was Bryce. Okay. I think... Um, what do you think, Jack? I know. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to recall. Um, oh, Patriots was Jack. I don't think so. I think that was Bryce. Okay. I love me some football, though. Okay. Then yeah, I that's think, what we were talking about. Yeah. Then I think OnlyFans was Jack. No, Wendell. <laughs> <laughs> who and was I, it? Wait, who was it? I think it, it was Bryce. Listen, he going, okay, okay. That could have been a group project one. <laughs> I think, can you, can you go down to the list again and I'll tell you, oh, privilege might have been Jack. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it was, but I definitely put the, I think I put the circle. I think I put Jack Atkins. I think I put Jack Atkins. I, I did put Jack Atkins. Though. I think that was Bryce. Right, that was me. Okay. All right. Yes. Congratulations. You passed. You won individual immunity on the Shan Stan podcast. Now back to the regularly scheduled program. Can you talk a little bit more about your relationship with Deshaun? Was there more to it than we got to see on the TV? Or do you feel like... We got the full picture. I think um, I think Deshaun is like he's he's an empath in some ways. And I think like um, those people can be hard sometimes, sometimes depending on where they are in their kind of development. You know, can I ask what is an empath? <laughs> like someone that like feels a lot and feels everything and internalizes everything. Right. And carries that. And in a game like Survivor, that's just it's, it's a lot to manage. Um, but, but that doesn't mean that he's not like this incredible, beautiful person. Cause I think that he is. Um, and you know, I have a lot of love for Deshaun. I think our relationship was just, it was just Rocky. And I, I tried a lot to kind of really listen to him, especially after the first time, you know, he told me that he didn't feel heard. You know, I kind of spent a lot of time really listening to him. I've never, you know, seen, uh, any man kneel before a woman in tribal council and ask them what they wanted to do and they'd vote whatever way they wanted to. And so I'm a big advocate of people's voices being heard. And I really tried to, I feel like I really did try to, despite what the edit shows, to really hear Deshaun. And um, I just, I also came to strategize, you know, and I think that that was like a problem for him because I think before I got to the camp, like he was really maybe the Shan on his camp, you know, he was really the the strategic player and the person that was kind of calling the shots with Danny. Um, and I think when I got here, he, he might've felt displaced, but it was hard to read because sometimes he felt like 
he was like, I didn't care. He was like, I, I don't care who it is just as long as it's not me. And, you know, he would kind of like, you know, saunter over and saunter away. And, um, you know, he was also kind of paranoid that he was going next. And so we did a lot to kind of make him feel comfortable. Um, so, you know, Deshaun and I, like, it was the, the only time that I really felt connected to him was that next morning when you see us talking and he's like, you know, I got student loans. And I'm like, well, I was homeless like a few years ago. Like, you know, it's like we had that moment. And, I, and that's when he locked in, like, yo, I'm down, you know, we're staying together to the end, final four. And that was the one moment that I felt really connected. But of course, that was ruined. That space was ruined towards the end. Um, but our relationship, you know, you know, and when I first met him, I thought he was like super cool. I thought he was from New York. I read that completely wrong. He was from Cali. Um, but he had a swagger to him that I thought maybe, but then I got to know him and I was like, okay, you know, you're totally West Coast. You're not East Coast, right? And maybe that was it. Maybe I'm just East Coast, you know, maybe, and he's just West Coast, you know, maybe I'm notorious and he's, you know, Snoop. I don't know. I don't know what to, I don't know what to put it as, but like, we're just, we were just, you know, cut from two different clause but it, it was it was we had moments though because i like as i said we did worship on the beach together me him danny you know um liana when she was around and you know we just had moments that were really great and i felt like he wanted to really confide in me about just personal stuff but we never got there uh but i think had it been a 39 day game maybe there would have been more time to just really salvage that relationship um but you know i've tried since we got back and it's it's just it's a hard it's a hard connection so um i hope someday Maybe we'll play together. That would be great. Um, and maybe we'll be okay by then. Maybe we'll pregame a little bit. I don't know, but um, there's no pregame. It doesn't work. Nah, it doesn't work. Yeah, don't pregame. So, do, do you think if you were a man, the the dynamic would have been different? I do, I do. But I, I, I hear. I feel like people will say like I'm putting it on race and gender. No, but I, no. But I, I'm like, I, we're not here for people. This is a safe space. Like, and I, I'm not saying that to slight uh, Deshaun or anything. But I know for me personally, and I think I've shared this with you. Like, as a gay black man, I feel like a lot of the times people don't hear or see me. And I feel like there have been countless times where I've said something to someone and they don't see me. And then I will ask like my friend or I'll ask Wendell to repeat it. And I feel like it gets heard. So I'm not saying that to slight Deshaun. I'm just asking your personal thought on it. Yeah. Again, I think he's an incredible person, but I do think that because he didn't have, you know, he didn't have a problem with Danny strategizing and Danny talked over him at times. He didn't have a problem with that. You know, Um, I think that the most frustrating thing working with Danny Deshaun was that um, even to final tribal council that they were not able to acknowledge um, how their, how their race intersected with like intersected with the patriarchy, right. And being like a man and being like a black man and like, you know, um, not recognizing that black women are at the bottom of the totem pole all the time. And um, in every space, whether it's, it's beauty, entertainment, you know, politics, whatever, like we just always land at the bottom of the totem pole. Um, And of course there's privileges, but you know, depending on the shade of your skin or whatever, but you know, we always land somewhere at the bottom. And I think that had um, I'd been, it's odd because had I been um, a man or even, I think this is going to sound weird, but there is a cross dynamic here where it was like, maybe if I was a white woman, it might've been very different um, because he didn't have problems or issues taking commands from Evie. And I know that Evie is, is strategic. She's just as strategic as I am, you know? Um, and so I, there's just, there's something to that. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I think it's hard for, you know, I think he's a very sensitive person. Um, and I think it's hard for him to see uh, just a woman just be in charge. I think we saw that with America as well. It was hard for them to see a black woman dominating the narrative on Survivor. And I think people struggle with that in many different spaces. And so, um, yeah, I think another time, another season, more days, maybe it would have been different. 
Um, and maybe he would have learned that I wasn't a threat because I meant it. I honestly meant it from my heart. Like I would have taken fourth place. I would have been fine with that if we were doing this, if this was the mission and we're doing it for the culture. And I just, it's like, it's just so weird, the, the cross parallel, because I think a lot of black men think that black women are there to antagonize them or be angry at them or to weigh them down or to, you know, uh, pull them back. And it's like, it's just, it's just the reverse. We're just hurt. And we're just trying to, you know, be there with you, you know, and not have you leave us behind kind of thing. But, um, that's a bigger conversation, I think, a much wider conversation. But yeah, I think if I was a man or maybe a white woman, it might have been different. And moving on to some more of the like critical relationships in that post-merge world, your fellow Canadian queen, ultimately the winner of the season, Erica, uh, you didn't see each other much pre-merge, but after the merge, well, can you ex- uh, explain what the dynamic was like with her, uh, what your relationship was like, and ultimately like some of the reasons that you ended up voting for her to win the uh, million dollars? Yeah, I thought like, honestly, with Erica, like, I think she had a gameplay, right? And it was, it was, was, it's a very like, depending on where you are and who you are and what you think, I mean, you'll feel different ways about it. But I think Erica, she, she played her game, which was like kind of under the radar, under the radar, under the radar. But there were moments where she would kind of pop out a little bit and you would kind of get like these little bursts of her personality. And I was always around for that. So I just felt like, I was like, Erica's a threat. Like, we really need to get Erica out. Like, we need to get Erica out. Um, and everybody was fixated on other people. Um, and I think Deshaun was onto it early on as well, you know, because he wanted to throw a challenge to get Erica out. And I think had there not been that turn back the time challenge, uh, things might have ended very differently, you know, in the game. But it is what it is. And uh, she played she played a good game and she got to the end and she outlasted and outwitted and uh, well, maybe not outwitted, but she definitely outlasted and um, everyone. And she gave she gave the jury no choice. It was smart and that she gave the jury no choice. But even that, again, was Xander's mistake. It wasn't Erica's, you know, kind of that she locked in the final three. It was Xander's mistake to bring Erica, period, point blank, because in 2020, women win. And like, we're all waiting for our female winner. And, you know, he wasn't reading the jury, right? Um, So and then he burned bridges with Yasa. So that was just like, it was, that was like an odd move for him. I think he only wins with a Heather and Deshaun. And even then it might be close, but Deshaun, again, wasn't pulling any votes. So um, with Erica, like, uh, like, when I got to the merge, it was like, we didn't have many moments where we connected. We maybe connected once or twice. Um, she just wasn't in, it just wasn't really, mm. yeah, it just wasn't a thing that happened. Um, but like she won and like, I celebrate that for her. So yeah. yes. obviously you caught on to some of her, the yes. danger, the danger well, of her gameplay pretty early. Well, oddly like Jackson, like there was one night we were all like sleeping in shelter and like, we're all telling stories and she tells this story about like, well, I won't even put up the story, but she shares this story that I'm just like, huh, that's interesting. That doesn't seem like how she presents in the game. Like, you know, it just seems like kind of just different. And so then I was like, Danny, I don't know. I think Erica's a bigger threat. I really, you know, I think we should maybe focus on her. But Deshaun, you know, obviously was doing other things and kind of wanted to keep her around. Um, so yeah, I just, I just felt like, I don't know. I just felt like I really couldn't trust her. And even that, you know, even another big reason why I, you know, um, I used that extra vote, right? And the threat of the extra vote was because me, when me and Erica got to back to the Ua beach and we we're talking, I said straight up to her, I said, again, I said, Erica, I know we probably don't trust each other because we haven't worked together. And I said, but this is the insurance. So like, just no, Heather will go home if you try and flip anything like, you know, Dang. and so we just had that conversation there. Um, and uh, yeah, we worked together for one vote and that was it. And she knew that I was onto her. So it was smart for her to kind of, I, I, I mean, yeah, but the production gave that vote, gave that credit to her that she came up with that vote. But it was actually, oddly, Heather's idea to do the split vote. So hello, hello, Heather, right? She comes out with this move and it was, it was actually oh, her move. Heather with some yeah. ideas. Yes, 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 yes. So it's hard for me to say like, 
outwit for Erica because I don't see her as super strategic. I just can I just don't see that. I don't see it in the gameplay. But she did outlast and she did that in a smart a very smart way. And so I will say she's savvy, you know. Um could you she, say her outlasting is strategic? Maybe, yeah, maybe that's a better way to look at it. Maybe maybe that's a better way to look at it. So I wouldn't like I don't knock her game. She got to the end the way that she did. It's not the game that I played, but it, it was a game that won. The way way at home, the way I sort of viewed her win, uh, and I've met Erica, she's she's dope. I I think she's a super savvy player, like you said, but I do think within the realm of this season, there wasn't a whole lot that she showed with specific moves, and maybe that's partly a product of not going to any pre-merge votes, things like that. I I think she's a super sharp strategist, but really ended up playing that under the radar game where she didn't need to make any big moves and it got the job done. So you can't, yeah, I can't really knock it. You can't knock her. And yeah. I think like, it's like, I will say like, I know that this sounds bad, but I feel like it was a very lucky, it was a very lucky win because she had the turn back time. She found like a huge advantage. I mean, Ricard talks about this, you know, about where the advantage was and like how she was kind of just sitting down for like 40 minutes after everyone started looking for the advantage and found it at the last minute. And so you can't you can't help but look at that. And you, you've heard the word associations from a few of us. It's all we all land on lucky. That was lucky because, you know, there were so many moments where she was supposed to be out. But again, right, that's got to be good gameplay in some way that you're able to finagle your way to not not being voted out. And uh, yeah, you know, it's like I wanted to be the first Canadian winner, but I wasn't. Erica was. And I can't you know, I can't be mad because a Canadian won the game. So like kudos to her, you know, yes. shout out to the the queen. That is Erica. Congratulations. Uh, fan here myself but I do want to ask you Shan like as a black woman and as like a pastor like do you feel like you had to alter like any aspects of yourself to play the game um I think like yeah I mean definitely for sure there were like you know, I probably had a little bit more of a colorful vocabulary in terms of like, you know, how I think how people, you know, this is going to sound bad, but like, no, but yeah, there are parts of myself that I had to curve for sure. Um, but I also just was kind of like my myself too. So no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There were, I got called out for using nigga a lot, but um, other than that. Do you, do you feel like you uh, like as a black woman and as a pastor were able to show up as your full authentic self? and play the game or do you think like you know did you have to pull back or like do you feel like I just I came out there I there was a diverse cast and I had to, like I was myself yeah I don't think that I could I, I don't think I could be I don't think I could be I don't think anyone should ever be their full authentic self <laughs> being a survivor ever 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 so for sure like there were moments where I was holding back and for sure there were moments but I, I never was pretending to make a connection you know what I mean like mm. all of my connections like I did a lot of conversations when I came back with all the people that I blindsided because it was like, I wanted them to know that at the end of the day, like my, what I felt for you was real, you know, it was absolutely real. Like, and all those conversations we had meant a lot. So in that way, like I was able to kind of unleash who I am in that capacity. But I think there were parts of me like that, you know, that I had to, that I couldn't fully, I mean, clearly what they dressed me in was not like at all reflective of who I am as a person, <laughs> but you know, um, yeah. So I was, I think I was able to fully show up as myself in, 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 in as much as I wanted to, for people to see, I didn't have to hide. I don't think too much. No. Okay. Well, I love that. And I, I think that the point of the diversity initiative was to be able to show up as your full self and not because, have to 
Go ahead. Because, Go ahead, girl. Yes. But, but okay, but here's the thing. Okay. Now I just thought about this. I don't know. Had had there not been a Leo, had there not been a Liana and a Danny and a Deshaun and a JD, I probably would have felt the need to kind of like revert to my very evangelical pastoral fundamental, like, you know, mm. kind of like put on my white girl voice and like wear my white girl hair and like do my white girl energy. Like I probably would have code switched a lot more. But there was so much color out there. Yes. This Wow. You no, know, I'm yeah. just gonna, it's a black parade, you know, and I just enjoyed it. It was lovely. Speaking of some of this color and this black parade, I want to get back into a little bit of the tea, if you will. Oh my gosh. What were your thoughts of Deshaun at Final Tribal Council? Um, what I thought about Deshaun at Final Tribal Council. Um, so Deshaun felt like the conversation was done, right? I think that's what he felt like. He felt like he'd spoken to it. Um, but I think that he didn't realize that, you know, it really wasn't done for me because there still wasn't a lot of clarity. So of course I had that question for him, which honestly was probably more in his favor than it was anything else. Cause I wanted to give him an opportunity to speak to what I felt like people would have questions about. Right. And I wasn't completely cut off from, from voting from him. I almost was, I was still open to maybe considering Maybe considering now it was very, 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 very slight consideration, but I was still open to hearing what he said. And I felt like during tribal council, like I might have been the only person that was like, just because at one point he shut, because after I asked that question, he shuts down and he goes into kind of like a sulking, like kind of throws a tantrum, which was what we experienced back at camp. That was like a reoccurring theme with Deshaun was that he would throw tantrums. I mean, the same way he threw it in tribal council. And it was so distracting to the point where Jeff had to stop and be like, Deshaun, you're clearly upset. Let's talk about this. Shannon asked the question and like it went in. They didn't show any of that, but that was something that actually occurred. And he just shuts down, he crosses his arm and he just kind of like, he's not talking anymore. We ask questions, short answers. It's like, so then I jump back in and I say, Deshaun, it's not over. Like we still, I mean, I think he got more heat from Ricard because Ricard was like, what I don't like about you is that and like he kind of ripped into him but like I felt like I was the only person that was like Deshaun like like it's not done like you know I'm not completely sold on voting for Erica like just tell us to do your big moves because I know Deshaun was more strategic than Erica like, I felt like he was probably doing he was doing much more getting me out you know making that move when my number one came to you like those are all big but he didn't sell it he really didn't sell it he sulked the entire tribal council and that was so off-putting because we were like all the things that frustrated us about Deshaun were the same things that happened at final tribal council you know and so maybe he made it very hard for us to want to want to vote for him and um yeah so those are my thoughts on what to show final tribal council um but again i think he's an amazing guy an amazing amazing person i just think that the game brings out sides of you you know and uh that was just hard that was really hard um so obviously i have growing to do i have learning to do you know maybe becoming a better listener you know not being so bossy all the damn time lots of things to learn um, but I think for me, like witnessing Deshaun and tribal council, that was my, like, you know, my, my experience with him. And I had to ask the question, you know, cause it felt like he did sell us all out for capital. You know, it really did. It felt like he was m- just making moves for the money and was really wasn't about the mission. And I just felt like, just let us play our game too. Then if that's what we're doing, if it's not a mission, you know, and I think for different survivor players, there are different things that are out of bounds. Like for Trish, it was Tony swearing on his kids. But for me, it was this, like using a social movement to lock me into something that you know you weren't about. Then don't do that. Don't say George Floyd's name to me. Don't call out Ahmaud Aubrey. Don't do Breonna Taylor. Don't do that to me. Because I take that stuff seriously. Very, very seriously, you know. And clearly he does too. And it was important to him. And he cried. And he had his moment. That was the first time I saw it. But at the same day, I was never writing down Deshaun's name. Never. And I validated that with my vote, you know. And people have this thing where they're like, I flipped first or some people have the same way they think I flipped first, but I didn't. I came back to camp and I said, you guys, let's just keep it the same as both Erica. We all locked in on that. And I was never going to, I wasn't writing Deshaun's name, you know? Um, 
So. <sighs> okay. It's so hard. one more question. So no, because no, it's it's a lot. I, I'm it is a lot. In. Like I like ooh. They gave you a queen's exit. Um, how did you feel? How did you feel that night? That vote out. It was so emotional. It was so emotional. I feel emotional thinking about it right now. Um, what they didn't show is one time like Deshaun, you're a snake. He hisses, you know, they cut that out. So it was just like they really wanted him to look good, you know, um, but or they just didn't want him to have anything on my episode leaving. You know, I know Joe Leah edited that one and um, he did. I think he did a really the editors did a really great job with that episode showing all the sides, everyone's opinions. You know, that was the one episode where there were no advantages. There was no like any, like no shipwreck island. There was no, it was just really relationships and people struggling with their decisions. And I felt honestly, I know it's like I got voted out, but I felt like I was really loved out there. Like I heard Liana's side. I heard Danny's side. I heard Deshaun. Well, Danny was upset at me, which that is a whole other thing. I heard, you know, Deshaun's like, you know, struggling. I heard Ricard struggling, you know, Um, and I really felt like I was loved in the game, even though they wanted to send me packing. So it was hard. That's it. That's a, it was a mix of emotions. So when I got up, like, you know, there was no bad blood in me. Um, I, di- I, I didn't know what had happened, but I told Liana not to trust anybody and that her game was still, you know, it still was going to be good. I said, just play your game. You know, um, I told Ricardo, he's got my vote for a million dollars and I called Deshaun a snake and all of those words I meant. And then I got to Jeff and dare I say there was a tear in his eye as well, you know, but no, there wasn't. I mean, he doesn't care. <laughs> but, you know, I was super emotional because I was like, oh, no, you know, don't do this. But it was definitely a fallen hero's exit. I felt like the music was beautiful. I mean, it was such a good episode, you know. I, um, yeah, you, you went out like a queen. My last question. This is the penultimate question. Would you do Amazing Race with anyone or any other show? I'm doing it with Bryce. Oh. Or maybe I'm doing it with Bryce. I'm taking Bryce on the Amazing Race, okay? If they call, that's what's happening. Not or Jack? Maybe, or maybe Jack just for kicks. Just taking his ass out there, you know? No, that'll be a good time. <laughs> when Jack, I, actually, you. Know, I actually feel like, Jack, you and I are probably going to get along really well when we meet. Like, I really do. Because you are you seem like a great guy. You really do. And I've heard nothing but great things. So, a lot of love. I have a lot of love. You know, I just, yeah. I just well, had to come on here. I had to come on here ready because you were coming for me. You know, you were- I know. Well, that's what I wanted to get into to close out the podcast, Shan. And for the most of the season was overall Shan Stan podcast. Uh, pre-merge, I was giving you a lot of love. Like I said earlier, I thought you played maybe one of the most dominant pre-merges of all time. But as someone who, you know, next was, to Bryce, next to, next to Bryce's first episode, fantastic. <laughs> Zero votes against him. Um, but as the merge kind of came in, I was quick to point out some of the flaws that I noticed in your game. And I can accept that as a, I guess you would call it podcaster on the show. I sort of compare it to, you know, a sports analyst where if LeBron has a bad night, I might be the, the one who is sitting on the couch who's fat as shit, can't play basketball for anything, being like, yo, LeBron sucked tonight. And I understand that that's just me screaming into the void and that, you know, if LeBron listened to this podcast, he'd probably be like, screw that kid. So I wanted to give you a chance to, you know, rebuttal, say whatever you want to me. You know, open. I appreciate you. You preface this by saying that we'll be cool because I I agree. Um, but yeah, I wanted to open the floor up to that because obviously, having had a season myself earlier this year, listening to coverage, seeing tweets, hearing people give you backlash, never a fun time. So I just want to open the floor up to you uh, with that. You know, I think it speaks to your, um, you know, just the caliber of commentary and like um, journalism that 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 you're doing. Right. And that you're willing to you're not afraid. 
and especially someone that's your age. And I'm not to say that I don't speak, say that pejoratively. I mean that really respectfully, right? Someone your age who doesn't know who I am really. And to be on the Shan Stan podcast and to speak so bravely in the presence of Wendell and Bryce, you know, against me. Um, and I, I rate that. So, you know, I actually have a lot of respect for you. I'm going to be honest. It was really hard. And I did, I did rant to Wendell and Bryce about it. Like I was like, what is wrong with that fucking kid? Like, I don't understand this problem. What's the problem? Like, what's new with me? You know, but, but you gave me a lot to think about. You know, you sent me down a spiral of like, really like, 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 is this really, do I really not listen? Like, you know, am I not, you know, am I doing too much too soon? You know, some of the, some of the critiques that you handed out to me, you know, and it gave me time to pause and reflect and think. And so, um, I'm not thin skinned, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, you know, coy, I'm not coy. I'm not like, I'm not shy, you know, I mean, I'm shy in some ways, but I mean, like, you know, I just mean, it's not, it's, it's okay that you, you criticize me and I'm not above it. I'm not a narcissist. So, you know, I, you know, I can see that there's a great, it's, always tough. I mean, it's tough though. Like, and honestly, yeah, and, and to think about it, like during, um, Wendell's season, when it was at war, uh, which Bryce often forgets that he was on, <laughs> uh, I was pretty critical of, uh, Ben Dreebergen's gameplay. Uh, and I know Bryce had talked to him about that and, he would yeah, obviously like I I don't like like to hear that like the the commentary bombs people out. Obviously, I don't like that, especially now that I'm more kind of immersed in the you know the circle community, the survivor community, stuff like that. Um, but to, to, to like reflect on that, I met Ben at Hearts of Reality, and we had a fantastic night. And I would say we're definitely on good terms now. So I just yeah, I appreciate that you can show me that respect and know that that respect is, is definitely mutual. So yeah, for, for sure. Like at the end of the day, like I was on survivor and you got to comment on the fact that I was, I was on the and you weren't, I got you. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, like, how can I be mad at that? Like some kid I don't know who's brilliant and also got on the circle, you know, is, is talking about me. And like, that's cool. Like my name is in your mouth, whether it's good news or bad news, my name is in your mouth. It's like, I can't be mad at that. And I really want you to understand just so you know, like I really got love for Xander and I, I love that he has a big brother in you. Cause I look up to Bryce in the same kind of way, like, you know, and maybe not Wendell so much, but Bryce, but and <laughs> I'm just joking. But like, so it's really, that's not what I was saying. I just meant, I really no, want to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to say too, like whatever my like commentary thoughts were during the season I, and whatever people think out there in general about, you know, Shan Smith on survivor, I think I could speak for the majority of fans and saying that, at times you're a very polarizing character, but that's exactly what makes Survivor great. I'd rather have 20 Shan Smiths every season than 20 fill in the blank. Uh, (laughs) um, So, yeah. Yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, Jack, you're commenting and you're criticizing an edit. You're not commenting and criticizing me, you know, because you don't, you don't know me, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, you, you did, you did well and that you, this good journalism. So I don't knock you and I respect you and like, let's get a drink at hearts if I'm still alive and around. Okay. Sounds good. And I love that. And I think that one of the things that I, I think during your season, Shan, that I talked to you about was that like, you know, Survivor fans are very passionate. And I think that, you know, they're in the edit, they're in the game. Like, you know, we feel like we are a part of it. But I, the one thing I, that I told you was like, after your season, I think that you might not feel like you are receiving your flowers, but I, I feel like after the season, you will receive your flowers in the sense that like, you are an amazing player. And it, it's so like, so honored to have you on the podcast. And I, I feel like, 
I always say on the podcast that I am on a road to a better Bryce. And I think that just hearing this conversation between you and Jack, it shows me that like, you know, Shan is on a road. Jack is on a road. I feel like Wendell might be at a pit stop getting mm-hmm. gas, but like, you know, he is on you know, the journey. And so I appreciate that. And that's the one thing that I feel like about the Purple Pants podcast. Uh, what I am so passionate about is that we can have opinions. We can disagree, but it's with love. It's about how you say it, how you deliver it. And that is why I am just very proud to be the host and to have these amazing guests and people. And it has truly been such an honor to have this interview with you, Shan. We are so grateful. And I hope that the people are listening and will forever be known for season 41. This is the Shan Stan podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And we out here. Before we go, Shan, can we get a um Issa? Issa. Issa. Issa Purple Pants Podcast. I need this. I need this in its in its entirety. Let me let me hear it again. It's a purple pants podcast. <laughs> I guess oh. we'll take it for that. Shan, you're an amazing human being. Jack Wendell, thank you so much for all of the Survivor 41 coverage. It's been Amazing. Okay. Oh, yeah. Y'all trying to twerk one out to the <clears throat> remix. Break it down, right? Yeah, you see me. We out. Shan, love you. Bye. And that is going to conclude our Purple Pants podcast interview of Chantel Smith. Huge shout out to Shan. A huge shout out to CBS for allowing us to interview her. Gotta thank my baby boys, Wendeezy and Jack and all of the RHAP family. Yes, baby boy loves these interviews. It was so blessed. Okay, I'm still shaking. I can't believe that we had Shan come on the podcast. I'm dying to know what you guys thought. Tell me, because Listen, Shan was giving us hot takes all episode, and I love to hear it. I was so honored to have Shan come on the podcast, and Xander last week. It's been so much fun doing these interviews, and I appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening. Let us know what you thought of the interview. You know, come on, okay? Let us know, and make sure you go over there to YouTube at Bryce Isaiah. Okay, you can watch the interview as well. And if you have not already, please make sure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. Hit subscribe, write a review, give your baby boy some five stars. And don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend that it's a Shan Stan Podcast. Because it's a, it's a. It's a, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. Ooh. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. Ooh. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants.